Here come some parenting tips. They're short and they're sweet. Get ready. Here we are at episode eight of Short and Sweet Parenting Tips. Today we're talking about finding your child's love language. I first learned about the five love languages when Robbie and I went to a military couples retreat long before we even had kids. Now, when I say love language, I'm not talking about Swahili versus German. The five categories which were created by Dr. Gary Chapman are receiving gifts, words of affirmation, physical affection, acts of service, and quality time. If you're like me, right away you know which of these might be your own love language. You might also be able to tag your significant other, which could offer a new perspective on the dynamics of your marriage. It sure did for ours. What an eye-opener it was. So the theory behind the love languages is that we all have tanks for love that can be filled or drained. If we are giving too much and not being filled in our own love language, our tank will run low and we won't be able to pour love over someone else. Dr. Chapman explains that our tendency as humans is to demonstrate love in our own language. But if it's not the other person's love language, it just won't fill their tank. And then both people are left feeling unloved and underappreciated, even though everyone was doing what they expected would communicate love to the other person. (sighs) So your goal should be to be familiar with the other person's love language so you can express your love in a way that resonates with them. So now that I'm a mom, it's odd to think that this never occurred to me that this would even apply to our kids. Years back, I was telling my friend about how my oldest would always pick up leaves and random rocks when we were on a walk and then make me put them in my pocket. And then when we got home, she had to make sure that I didn't throw them away. When I mentioned this to my friend, who also happened to be a counselor, she told me that Katie's love language was gifts. What an epiphany it was. In that moment, I felt like my mom camera lens just zoomed out a whole level. Dr. Chapman wrote a huge series of books on love languages with one specific book for children and one for teens. These are great resources if you want all the details, but here's a short overview. It'll help you understand your child better and really feed your love into them, like an IV from your heart to theirs. Remember, the key is to learn your child's love language, whether it's receiving gifts, physical affection, words of affirmation, acts of service, or quality time. Let's start with receiving gifts. Is your child always giving you wildflowers, pretty leaves, or pebbles they find outside? If so, you can fill their tanks with small acts of love, like leaving a note for them or giving them a sticker. Nothing elaborate or expensive. You know, just tiny surprises. Of course, when I come home with a thoughtful little something for my gift-loving child, I feel like I'm being unfair to the other one. Sometimes I end up just buying two of something. But really, my other child normally just wanted to snuggle when I got home and rarely noticed whether or not there was a gift for her. So let's segue into physical touch. These children are usually all over your lap, hanging off you, always wanting tickles, hugs, and cuddling. These things are very meaningful to them and you can easily fill their tank. At the same time, if you thoughtlessly blow off their need to show affection to you, this child could take it as a personal rejection. 
Plus, the nature of this child may be tricky if you're a mom with a nursing baby because they probably want to be all over you and all over the baby. You might feel like your body is Grand Central Station more than normal. <laughs> Try your best to tend to the needs of your physical touch child when you're done taking care of the baby. Actually, if you're juggling an infant, this is probably true for every love language. The good news is now you will know where to concentrate your efforts for your older kiddos. So back to physical touch. Another thing to be especially aware of is this child will be extra sensitive to hurtful contact. It's also a good idea to give them some very basic boundaries and specific guidelines about strangers and unhealthy physical interactions. I will actually be doing a series of episodes on tough topics later, including one on good touch and bad touch. Words of affirmation are next. This child thrives on praises and I love yous. But these must be heartfelt. The more specific, the better, because this kiddo needs to know you really see them. Sometimes a simple good job is fine as long as it's sincere and applicable. Avoid glancing up from your phone, saying good job, then going back to what you were doing, all the while patting yourself on the back for checking that box. Similar to physical touch, the power of harsh words or criticism can be extremely hurtful to this child. That means that you can raise your voice to get another child's attention, but your words of affirmation, kid, may break down with a stern correction. Next is acts of service. This child will always want to help out and goes above and beyond to do extra thoughtful things for people. Children like this appreciate extra responsibilities and opportunities to pitch in. Find ways they can assist you and take your time to teach them how to do things. This will fill their tank, but also find ways to serve this child, like cleaning or fixing something for them or helping them with a task they need to do. This kiddo may seem underfoot at times, but I bet a lot of parents would love to have an eager helper. Finally, quality time. This child loves spending time with you, wants to know what you're up to, and actually loves to go with you on outings and errands. Time is the one asset you can offer this child. Focused, eye-to-eye time together. These don't have to be big plans or activities. The important thing is to set aside your schedule and ask them what they want to do. One-on-one attention is essential. I know time is a short commodity in this culture, so this might be a difficult one to fulfill. But I hope you see now the importance of this investment. Don't worry about remembering all five love languages. It's good to know yours, your spouse's, and your children's. If you're still not sure the love language of one of your kids, there is an online test, so I'll post that link on the Short and Sweet Tips Facebook page. I also recommend the article by Brandy Michelle called 50 Simple Ways to Speak Your Child's Love Language Every Day. It's an awesome resource. So I will also have a link to that on my Facebook page. She gives more details and offers a variety of activities for each love language, things you probably wouldn't think of on your own. Just a few final tidbits. Many people have a primary and secondary love language. So you may have a child who is big on physical touch, but also thrives on quality time. Also, love languages can change through someone's life, so for sure expect them to shift as your child grows. 
parents, my wish for you is to be able to communicate the love you feel for your children in a way that translates directly to them. I am so grateful for all of you. Speaking of gratitude, this is a long overdue shout out to Miss Leah Schmidt, my content editor for this podcast. She is the reason everything makes sense and sounds as polished as it does. And listeners, thank you so much for spending your time on this short and sweet parenting tip, fresh ideas in bite-sized portions.